Hola folks. Hope life is back to normal for all of you. Talking about life, two things are essential to sustain life. Water and a source of energy, basically the sun. Without the sun, most things on earth would not be possible. The sun controls our seasons, how and when food grows, it allows liquid water to flow. Earth would be a frozen wasteland without the sun. No life could survive here. So in this episode of the Fias Trivia podcast, I am going to talk about the sun, how it came to be, what it is made of, and lots of interesting facts and trivia. So let's learn about how the sun came to be, how it was born. Anyone knows how old the sun is? It is over 4.5 billion years old. But let's first understand how our universe was formed and then how our sun and the solar system came to be. Scientists estimate that our universe is 13.8 billion years old. Our universe back then was unimaginably hot and dense. In fact, so dense that the entire universe was just one dot. You know what dense means? So let's say if you take a bowl of puffed rice or murmura or pori as we call it. It's not too heavy, right? But if you take one bowl of iron, it will be very, very heavy. That's because iron is very dense. The atoms of puffed rice are very far apart. But the atoms of iron are very close together and so very dense. So imagine 13.8 billion years ago, all the matter in the universe was so dense and so tightly packed that all of the entire universe, the entire matter was concentrated in just one small dot. And then there was a big bang and this tiny hot dense dot exploded and it started expanding very, very rapidly. When the universe was just 10 to the power of minus 34 of a second or so old, that is a hundredth of a billionth of a trillionth of a trillionth of a second in age, it experienced an incredible burst of expansion known as inflation, in which space itself expanded faster than the speed of light. You know, nothing can go faster than the speed of light, right? But because of the intensity, the hotness, the denseness, and the uh, intensity of the Big Bang, space expanded faster than light. And during this period, the universe doubled in size at least 90 times, going from subatomic size to a golf ball size almost instantaneously. And as it expanded, the universe became less dense and it cooled and the simplest elements were formed. After only a few seconds, protons, neutrons, electrons, they could all form. During the first three minutes of the universe, the light elements were born during a process known as Big Bang Nucleosynthesis. And the temperatures cooled from 100 nonillion Kelvin, which is 10 to the power of 32. It cooled from 10 to the power of 32 to a billion, which is 10 to the power of 9 Kelvin. So it cooled tremendously within the short period of time. This caused those subatomic particles, which is protons and neutrons, to collide and create hydrogen. Now, energy in the universe was great enough to initiate nuclear fusion. 
and the hydrogen nuclei fused to form helium nuclei. So basically there was a lot of matter scattered everywhere in the huge universe. The Big Bang also resulted in gravity and gravity slowly pulled the scattered matter and elements together to form the first stars and the first galaxies. So basically clusters of matter uh, grouped together to form one galaxy, another cluster grouped together to form another galaxy. Within the galaxy, more matter clustered together to form a solar system, etc. Right? But all of this was only about 400 million years after the Big Bang. And everything in this universe, uh, stars, uh, planets, meteorites, whatever, right? Everything in the universe is made of that matter that was created and expanded during the Big Bang, including you and me. Yes, we are all made of star stuff. But the matter or the atoms that we are familiar with makes only 4.6% of the universe. And this matter, which is 4.6%, comprises of 75% hydrogen and 25% helium. The rest of the universe, apart from this 4.6% of matter, is made up of dark matter, which is about 23%, and dark energy, which is about 72%. The heavier elements make up only a tiny fraction of the universe's atoms. And this dark energy is what is apparently causing the universe to expand. Stars are basically suns. All the stars you see twinkling in the night sky are basically other suns and many of them have their own solar systems and planets. So our sun is basically a star for people in other solar systems and other galaxies. When they see up in their night sky, they see our uh, sun as a star. Now over millennia, galaxies collected into groups and clusters and superclusters. Some stars died in supernova explosions whose chemical remnants seeded or gave birth to new generations of stars and then enabled the formation of rocky planets. And the universe is still expanding, mind you. From the moment of the Big Bang 13.8 billion years ago, the universe continues to expand and will continue to do so forever. Now, over 9 billion years after the Big Bang, which is about 4.5 to 4.6 billion years ago, waves of energy traveling through space pressed clouds of atoms and particle matter closer together in what is called as a solar nebula. And then gravity caused the nebula to collapse on itself and then started to spin. The spinning of the mass caused the cloud of particles to flatten into a disk like a pancake. In the center of this pancake, all the matter clumped together to form a protostar, which would eventually become the sun, our sun. The young protostar was a ball of hydrogen and helium, not yet powered by fusion. Then over tens of millions of years, the temperature and pressure of the material inside increased, jump-starting the fusion of hydrogen that drives the sun today. A star the size of our sun requires about 50 million years to mature from the beginning of the collapse to adulthood. Our sun will stay in this mature phase for approximately 10 billion years. The formation of the sun did not take up all of the cloud and material it was born from. The sun accounts for 99.8% of our solar system's mass. 
much of the remaining material formed the planets and other objects that now orbit the sun so basically the mass of all the planets comets meteorites etc is just 0.2% of the solar system and 99.8% of the mass is the sun's mass now our sun is an average star not too big and not too small its size makes it an excellent star to orbit as it is neither large and fast burning nor small and dim several billion years from now the hydrogen inside of the sun will run out like in all other stars when it starts to die the sun will expand into a red giant star becoming so large that it will engulf mercury and venus and possibly earth as well the helium at its core will also be consumed the star will never be hot enough to burn the oxygen and carbon that are left behind so the sun will fizzle out and become a white dwarf scientists predict that the sun is less than halfway through its lifetime and will last another 5 billion years or so before it becomes a white dwarf so we don't need to worry about the world ending anytime soon at least not due to the sun dying but due to what human beings are doing to the earth bringing about climate change well i don't know about that okay so basically at the center of our solar system is the sun and around the sun orbit eight planets as well as bits of dust comets meteorites we live in a spiral galaxy known as the milky way now because the sun is huge and makes up 98 to 99% of the mass of our solar system it has the most gravity and because of this it pulls everything in the solar system towards it at the same time planets pull against this force because of this push pull effect we don't get too close to the sun or too far away instead we orbit around the sun at a predictable pace and distance the planets nearest the sun mercury venus earth and mars are smaller and are called terrestrial planets because they are made of solid matter jupiter saturn uranus and neptune are called gas giants they are huge much bigger than the first four planets and they are made of gas not matter they don't have a solid surface no ground so you can't go on a space spaceship and land on jupiter because there is no land there the asteroid belt is an area between jupiter and mars where thousands of bits of matter and comets orbit around some of these pieces are no larger than a speck of dust others are about 150 kilometers across or even more and some of them have their own moons Now scientists believe that there are trillions of other stars like our sun and they have their own solar systems. It's quite possible that some of these solar systems may contain life. Now that we know how our universe was born and how and when our sun was born, let's learn more about the sun itself. The sun is a nearly perfect sphere of hot plasma, essentially a hot ball of glowing gases. The temperature on the surface of the sun is 5500 degrees centigrade. It is hot enough to boil diamonds or graphite. And the inner core is much much hotter at 15 million degrees centigrade. 
to put that in perspective water boils at 100 degrees centigrade when you touch boiling water how terribly hot it is right so you can imagine how hot the sun is you can't directly look at the sun it can hurt your eyes scientists study the sun through special filtered telescopes but some areas in the sun are cooler they appear darker and are called sunspots and the sun emits light in the form of photons and photons are particles that carry electromagnetic energy sometimes the gases on the sun's surface erupt shooting far out into the space these eruptions are called solar flares they look beautiful but they can cause problems here on earth they can interfere with satellites our cell phones might not work our televisions might not work you can see the entire uh, ball of sun during sunsets right doesn't look so big but the sun has a diameter of around 1.39 million kilometers this is 109 times greater than the diameter of our planet the earth and the volume of the sun is so great that you would need 1.3 million earth sized planets to fill it the sun's mass consists of 73% hydrogen 25% helium and small amounts of oxygen carbon neon iron and other elements the sun currently fuses around 600 million tons of hydrogen and into helium every second as a result it is converting 4 million tons of matter into energy every second this energy is a source of the sun's light and heat the sun is about 150 million kilometers away from the earth the distance between the earth and the sun is called one astronomical unit the nearest stellar neighbor to our solar system is the alpha centauri triple star system it is about 4.24 light years away from us just like our earth is orbiting around the sun the sun is orbiting around the center of the milky way galaxy and so along with it all the planets comets etc are also orbiting around the milky way galaxy our solar system is moving at an average speed of about 720000 kilometers per hour even though we are moving fast it still takes us 230 million years to complete one orbit around the milky way galaxy so you can imagine how big the galaxy is just like the earth rotates on its axis while orbiting around the sun the sun is also rotating about an axis while orbiting the galaxy since the sun isn't a solid body body different parts of it rotate at different rates at the equator the sun spins once every 25 days while at the poles it rotates once on its axis every 35 days okay here are some fun facts our sun is actually white we see it as yellow because of the earth's atmosphere however from the space the sun's true color is white our sun is the only star we can see during the daytime because during the day the sun's light is so bright that we cannot see other stars only during the night when our sun is uh, when we don't see our sun that's when we see all the other stars our sun is quite small in comparison to other stars for example uy scuti 
A red supergiant star has a radius of around 1,700 times greater than that of our sun. Our solar system has only one sun, right? But there are some solar systems that have two or three suns. Does that mean we have two or three birthdays? <laughs> I guess most of you know that it takes eight minutes to reach uh, for light to reach Earth from the sun. The Earth receives 94 billion megawatts of energy from the sun. Now let's see how different cultures see the sun as. Of the roughly 10,000 stars visible to the naked eye, only a few hundred have been given proper names in the history of astronomy. Names of some of the stars are Alruba, Atlas, Bekdu, Betelgeuse, Bibha, Capella, Formosa, Lion Rock, Mimosa, Musica, Polaris, Proxima Centauri, Revati, Sirius. You know, our sun doesn't officially have a name, a scientific name. However, there is one other common name for it, Sol. That's the name of this podcast episode. The name Sol originates from the ancient Roman god of sun called Sol. The alternate name is where we get the term solar system, which means the system of the sun. Many ancient cultures from around the world associated the sun with their most important deity or a very prominent one and for good reason. Without the sun, we wouldn't exist, right? The ancient Sumerians associated the sun with Utu, the god of justice and twin brother of Inanna, the queen of heaven, who was identified as the planet Venus. In ancient Egypt, the sun was worshipped as the god Ra, while in Greece, the sun was a male deity named Helios. And for the Japanese, the sun was a goddess named Amaterasu. In Aztec mythology, there is a sun god named Tonatio. Okay, if you were to name our sun, what would you name it? Any thoughts? We get so busy in our lives and daily routine that we don't pay attention to the little important things that keep us going. We are surrounded by greenery and blessed by sunlight, but we fail to notice them. From receiving vitamin D from this gigantic star to solar energy, human beings cannot live without sunlight. In fact, there can be no life without sunlight. Isn't it amazing that this one star supports millions of species of living things on our planet? I personally enjoy watching sunrises and sunsets even more. Nothing can beat the wonders of nature, right? So go, go out there and enjoy nature. And if you'd like to tell me how amazing this episode was, you can post it on the podcast tool, the Facebook page, or send an email to fiastrivia at gmail.com. And in the meantime, keep shining.